Hello, hi, Russell T here, Russell the Davis. <laughs> Funny. I heard you were doing this for the 50th anniversary and I thought, well, I thought I could be in it. <laughs> Macintosh. Brigadier. Tom McGann. Toby Haydock. Lisa Bowerman. Nicola Bryant. Deborah Watling. Paul Cornell. Nick Briggs. Villa Villa VA. Matt Fitton. Graham Harper. Sophie Aldred. Kate Nine. Brian Blessed. Jake McGann. Robert Shearman. Nev Fountain. Tony Lee. Tim of Tim's Take On Podcast. Daphne Ashbrook. Sarah Sutton. Fraser Hines. John Donnie. Bob Fisher. Beth Chalmers. Jacqueline Pierce. Chase Masterson. Katie Manning. I love Dirty Hooers. I am a Dirty Hooer. Hello, you Dirty Hooers. What a wonderful day. I have a restraining order against the dirty whores. I am the aerial automatic in a world full of dirty whores. You always get a big finish with dirty whores. You have to be very careful how you say dirty whores, don't you? Dirty whores. Most satisfactory. You're listening to dirty whores, you lucky thing. Whoa, whoa, I've got to a bit of a whore. I am the chief dirty whore. Dirty, dirty whores. You better be listening to the dirty whores. It is more interesting than interviewing a Dalek. I have to say rudimentary papoose. I'm proud to be Dirty Whore's first ever Battenberg. Whoovians? You're all whores. Who did you say you were? You're listening to the Dirty Whores. Ew! Ew, that sounded dirty! (laughs) Ew, that sounded so dirty! I mean, frankly, I think the name's a bit juvenile. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to do a review of all the 50th stuff that we can be asked doing because there's been so much stuff and it's been so utterly fucking amazing that we're actually going to get off our asses and record a podcast about it. We're going to start off with an adventure in time and space. Space and time. Wow, space and time. Okay, just a chance for you to pedant me there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, that was so Just fun. Just that out there. We're going to do the five-ish doctors. And what's the other one we're going to do? Night the doctor. Night. Night. Oh, dear, how could I forget that? Right. I didn't uh, actually watch the five-ish doctors. I didn't have time. <gasps> okay, we you won't do a review of the five-ish doctors. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sent you got to see it. It's fucking brilliant. It's so it fun. Absolutely. It's really, 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 really good. How long uh, is it? Oh, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Shit, never mind then. I was going to watch it while Sputters was pontificating here but no <laughs> actually no, that, that might work that might work out I could just right. do a five minute monologue on Dare the Doctor if you want and, and then <laughs> so let's start with a night off and let's get reviews going around the table starting with Sen full on full stop 50 fucking shit <laughs> Terry duh okay Fuchsia? Uh, 50, with a very good tip. Oh, yeah. Sputter says 50, and it's the best seven minutes of Doctor Who I think I've ever fucking seen in my life. Yes. Amen. Oh, my God. Yes. Let's leave our ratings for the others, and we'll do those as we come up to them. I should just briefly explain the rating system, because we haven't done for a while. Our rating system and how much we would pay for a 70s prostitute or gigolo. Starting off at the bottom of the table with the free BJ, the Bangkok BJ, whatever you want to call it, you wouldn't fucking pay for it. It's dreadful right up to the top to the presidential home Marilyn herself at $50 and in between we have $5, $10, $20 simple as that what could be easier it's on the website if you get confused 
Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, would you like to go first? You don't um, have that kind of time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really did not organize my thoughts before this podcast, so I'll probably be brief and then just like oh, interrupt. So like you. Yeah. You didn't organize When the word thoughts, started yeah. with organ, I wasn't quite sure it was going to end up as organized. Oh, oh Pixie. Let me just say, first off, it was just a solid story with no shenanigans, which mm. was really wonderful. And it was a doctor with no shenanigans. And what I mean by that is no pointless twirling around and... Fanning on, I think, is the word yeah, that you're looking for. Yeah, I love Matt Smith's doctor. I prefer Matt Smith to David Tennant, and I prefer Eccleston to both of those, maybe. But I, I really like Matt Smith. I love his interpretation. But lately, he has become dependent on these mannerisms and tics that he throws in. And sometimes I just wonder if it's because he's having trouble remembering the script, so he just twirls, <laughs> and then it gives him a couple seconds more to remember his line. I I've got to disagree. I think it's because he's a brilliant physical actor. Full stop. Well, he is a brilliant yeah. physical actor. He, is, he but is, but lately <laughs> it feels put on. It's more him covering the cracks in the script, to be quite honest. He's trying to distract you from the dreadfulness. It, it just seems that lately he's, it's almost like a parody of what he does. To have a doctor who just comes in and gives the lines with meaning and humor, but no accoutrement was really nice. Almost every line in that script was meaningful. Your fucking liquid cannon. <laughs> Meaningful, hilarious, entertaining, and the fact that they mentioned all the audio companions. I don't know they if they didn't th- mention all of the audio yeah. companions. They didn't mention Mary Shelley. Okay, so mm. they mentioned most of them. Oh, but what uh, the fuck one of audio do. <laughs> What yeah, but now they're canon too. No, they're yeah. canon. It doesn't make their adventures canon. It makes right, their names exactly. canon. Right, makes their yeah. name. It makes them as personalities canon. It implies that Big Finish is canon. And I think that one of the big reasons that this is done is because he's never going to have a TV show. He's never going to have a series. His moment has gone by. It was just the movie. And so, really, why not lend credence to those adventures in audio? Because he's mm. the actor playing the doctor there. He's playing the eighth doctor. There won't be any conflicts with anything else. So why not make it canon? And I felt like the whole thing was just a huge love letter from Moffat to the Eighth Doctor. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I concur. It was just lovely to see Paul strutting his stuff again. Yeah. Little bugger, no wonder he was twinkling when we saw him at Dimensions. He oh. knew, and he never right. breathed a word. Good on him. Um, he that explains the dirty great grin plastered across his face the entire <laughs> weekend, because he knew something that none of the rest of us did. Uh, you know, um, I barring think professional commitment. Shall we say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Work yeah. Permitting. Yeah. That yeah. is so funny. That's my favorite part. So, no, I mean, it, it was lovely to see. It was really well paced, very dynamic. He was just mesmerizing to watch. It was lovely to see them go back to Khan and nod to Brain of Morbius, one of the greatest oh. stories ever. Then the way that they actually did it so that it morphs into the young John Hurt, yeah. which I wasn't oh. expecting, was oh. like, oh. wow, so that means he spent his entire life fighting uh-huh. this war by the time yeah. he gets to do the dread thing. And it was a beautiful piece of television, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I squeed several times while watching it. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this. I mean, seven minutes I could talk about 
about it for an hour. For those of you that have listened to more than two or three of these podcasts, first of all, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> sorry. But I tend to maybe lean just a tiny bit towards the dry sarcasm style of humor, just a bit. And Paul McCann, I would just kill to see him play that character more. We just posted the Paul McCann podcast, and I just I laugh my ass off when I listen to that because <laughs> if only we'd have known. I about wet myself when I saw McGann come on screen. I just, I did not know what to do. I I mean, I hit pause and I just yelled into the next room to Solis. I'm like, it's McGann. (laughs) Yeah. She thought I was out of my fucking mind. And what an opening line. Probably not the doctor you were expecting. Yes, I know. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Is that not the truth? And all of the canon stuff and just the fact that this doctor wanted nothing to do with the war. Mm. There was just so much about it. And, of course, where my eye goes instantly, the rubble pieces of his TARDIS console room in with the wreckage. So now we know how that ugly pile of poo came to being. <laughs> because you know, it was quick, ugly rebuild just to get the thing working so we could get the hell off Karn and, and go fight. Because there were chunks of McGann console room splattered around the ground. That's just awesome. There was so much cool about it. I mean, that attention to detail. I mean, a lot of us here work jobs where we're really, really busy and mentally intense. I can't imagine the kind of intensity that the Doctor Who showrunner must put up with because this episode demonstrated for me that Muffet has not lost his touch one bit. But the poor man is just obviously overworked because he's thrown out a few stinkers here lately that have made me really wonder if that really great inventiveness that he had was gone. Oh man, he hasn't lost a step. He's just overworked because this was fucking brilliant. After what has happened in the past week, I now understand why season seven had so much junk. I mean, he just wasn't there to really pay attention yeah. to it. Yeah. He was I, paying attention to all this other stuff. I mean, I can't believe it. It was just an awesome seven minutes. <laughs> if we could see more like that in 40... Well, we have. I mean, we saw episodes like Blink and, and Doctor's Wife and stuff like that. They were every bit as good, but not what you know, can't They just took out a minisode, which frankly went nowhere and was a game of doom, you know? Yes. So I think he poured a lot into this. I didn't feel he did with the other minisode. Yeah, no, no, it was very much sort of like second unit, wasn't it? It was... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but it was the great tie-in, the the last day or whatever you call it. That was what I would expect from a mini-episode. That was fun. It was great. And it had a couple right. beautiful effects in it. It was something to tide you over to the 50th. It was cool. Yeah, I looked at that body armor that they were wearing. Very. I could hear people <laughs> rezzing prims in Second Life. <laughs> all these things. already built the console room from the 50th. Uh, yeah. all, all these things. Whenever I would see interior of TARDISes and Time Lord outfits and stuff and uh, I was just going oh my god Sen is having an I orgasm know. right now I, know. I think the only thing that was a bit of a shame actually is that it was apparently released early because somebody was about to leak it yeah but it was so I suspect it was supposed to be out nearer the 50th episode no, I don't think that was a shame I think it was fine as it was, it was it's perfect. a shame that they had to but it was just perfect. yeah that's what I mean it's a shame that they had to not that it's a shame it came out and, and I was all running around squeeing negative about this the narrative that they put together for this was sheer beauty it was a complete set up for a new companion and then mm-hmm. they broke the mould by her turning around and just saying no you're a time lord you're as bad as Daleks and that was quite chilling I thought yeah. that was quite out of nowhere and you know they still had a set up she died to give him purpose as companions do and 
I don't know, the ship crashes. Where do ships crash? On fucking Khan, of course. Yeah. That's where ships crash. Exactly. All of and that on Brain of Morbius, yeah. which I had watched that night, Tom Baker's doctor mentions that he was born in the vicinity. Yeah, it's close to Gallifrey, so it makes sense if there's a time war going on with Gallifrey that ships might end up crashing on Karn. Well, ships crash on Karn anyway. It's one of those ongoing things. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's that magnet thing that happens there. And this raises a couple of interesting points about continuity. How long has the time war been going on? Real time. And mm. is everything we saw on Karn in Brain of Morbius just tied into this? Yeah. Is um, he retconning again? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> The one line for me that just got me, I think watching it, it was summed up by something a colleague said to me at work, which was, are you all right? Are you crying? <laughs> <laughs> and I was from the second he said, physician, heal thyself. That was the most beautiful, perfect line I think I've ever heard. Somehow inside, I felt like I've been waiting for that line. That was just gorgeous. And McGann just slipped easily back into the role like a pair of comfortable shoes. Well, uh, yes and no. It wasn't the exact same character. This no, was an no. older, more no, mature been version. by the audios, I think. So. Yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah. Mm. yes. He's been playing it in big Finnish audio adventures all these years, so for him, it's par for the course. But for me, when he mentioned companions' names and I recognized <laughs> them, I <laughs> died. Yeah. Charlie Pollard, Chris, Lucy Miller, Tamsin Drew. Yeah. As one of our Holly. friends posted on Facebook that night, Nick Briggs just punched the air. <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky for them. I was so happy for them when that happened. Cried so hard. Okay, guys, I think we should probably move on to the next one as we had a really good mm -hmm. chat about that. Thanks for that one, Moffat. That'll do. Thank, Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. And also just to John Hayes as well. Nice bit of direction on that for the length of it, I thought. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah. Really nice. Can any of us find a single fault with that seven minutes? No. It wasn't long enough. It wasn't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yet yeah. it, it, it felt like a full hour and so much material and information was crammed into those seven minutes without feeling like you, you just got so much visually, dialogue, things that happened. Everything told you so much about what was to come in the day of the Doctor. It was awesome. Uh, and also, I don't think it counts as a regeneration because it was a forced regeneration oh. through the potion. So technically, I think we're safe on the... Well, hey, if we're not counting the fact that Tennant regenerated as himself, then whatever. <laughs> well, Muffet just did a press release that says they all count, that Capaldi is the final incarnation of the Doctor and that we're going to have to deal with that now. Well, lucky he's going hunting for Gallifrey. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's touch on Adventure in Time and Space, and let's do a quick... Space uh, Time. Yeah, Space and Time. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound right. It's the wrong way around, it surely. It's it the is way the way wrong way around, but they must have done that on purpose for some reason yeah, that yeah, I don't understand. Me That's why they've done that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Mark Gaffney was sitting there going, head. how am I going to Dated. really mess with Sputter's head? I'll put the title <laughs> the wrong way around. <laughs> Directed by Terry McDonnell, written by Mark Gatiss, starring David Bradley and the beautiful Jessica Wren, um, the awesome Brian Cox, who is a gentleman and a scholar. An adventure in space and time looked back over the start of Doctor Who and the motivations behind the program and all the people involved. And, if you will, the decline of the first Doctor and the birth of Jimmy Cranky. 
<laughs> oh god yeah uh, never mind uh, we'll get to that let's go round the room can we start with future this time future rating please oh it was a 50 as well yeah 50 yeah it's 50 it's fucking 50 isn't it wow <laughs> what a week this has uh, been <laughs> no, we've gone years of podcasting and not had two 50s <laughs> We're just getting. Never mind fifties. We all agree. In fact, this might be the first time we've all given things a fifty. Didn't we give them no, his wife? Maybe. Yeah, yeah no. maybe. Not very many, that's for sure. And not, sure many. Hell, not more than one in a four-day period. <laughs> <laughs> so come on, it was beautifully played. There was a beautiful. It build. was. Oh, it had everybody and his dog in it. Even Ari in for a second was in there. He was awesome. Parking attendant. I know. It was utterly gorgeous just the relationships between people were fantastic and quite frankly the end there wasn't a dry eye in England I don't think oh my god I, the only reason I didn't cry was because I was watching it at my mum's and I didn't fancy having to do the full explanation oh. of why I was sitting there sobbing my eyes out but based on all the social media streams and people we spoke to at the weekend at Thought Bubble yeah pretty much everybody of a certain age sobbed their socks off either from the I don't want to go line oh my god that, that, oh, that, that was the point at which Matt oh. turned up <laughs> which was the bit that no, nearly got me I don't want to go that was just yeah. when, oh, when well, I I've always had a problem with that line I, I don't like that line particularly because of the way it was delivered the first time we saw it no it was literally when Matt turned up that was the bit that nearly did for me and it was like no I must not cry in front of my mum because it's going to be so hard to explain why <laughs> when Bradley put his hands on the fireplace oh, I God. saw what was coming and I just blubbered oh. like a fucking baby it was <laughs> Ridiculous. I don't have nearly as much acting experience as I do as a musician, but when you are forced to walk away from something that has brought such incredible meaning to your life and you realize that you've been a part of bringing just that much meaning to other people, it absolutely wrecks you. It's like losing a loved one. You never recover from it. Okay, now yeah. I'm starting to cry. Okay, so shut up. Just... <laughs> Oh, God. It just ruined me when I watched him do that. I mean, I had all this shit gone through my head as a lifelong Doctor Who fan and a lifelong performer. And those two just really emotional parts of my life, it, it just, it ruined me. If I hadn't seen it on a Friday night, I don't know if I could have gone to work the next day. I would have fucking mad. Oh, yeah. A kind of long distance moral punch oh. on the upper arm. You watch that degeneration over a period of time, that's got to be a fucking hell of a thing. And we all know that Bill Hartnell had that. We joke about it from time to time. I don't think I'll ever fucking joke about it again. I know, what? I know. No. I suddenly felt so compassionate for William Hartnell so in a way I did not before and I wanted to add to Sen's statement that lighting in that scene was incredible everything about it just oh the, god I have never wanted more in my life to have a TARDIS and it's like for the past week the first thing I would do would be to go back in time and grab William Hartnell next to that fireplace and go you have no idea what you did for us <laughs> for an entire oh. planet for 96 fucking countries at the same time <laughs> you have no idea how much you did for us we've heard Peter Purvis talk about Chief <laughs> of Purvis <laughs> <laughs> he likes to, to make sure that the record is straight about him because as he says you know he was difficult he was really strange with people he did change because of his illness but he could still be a tremendously generous bloke that bit with the flowers apparently yeah. he was notorious for losing his rag with people and then immediately realizing that he really shouldn't have done it and trying to make it up to them 
Oh. I love the way they spun the relationship between the two of them as well, mm -hmm. over the flowers and things, because they did have a really good relationship. And you can really see it in a lot of the black and white photos at the time, that mm -hmm. they did have a good relationship, those two, as grandfather figure and granddaughter figure, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. it was sweet. It was so sweet. Um, I think it's the best thing, you know, and he's done some good shit, but I think it's the best thing Mark Gatiss has ever done. And then I know it yeah. was yes. his big chance to do his tribute to his favourite programme of all time. The funniest thing for us, we were sitting there, and Toby, when we'd been chatting to Toby about this, and he told us he'd read the script and it was lovely but he hadn't seen it mm. and it was it was very nice it wasn't exactly the truth but you know it was a very good approximation of it and then we're sitting there and it's like hang on that's toby behind the bar yeah and it was cyril the bomb and it's like you little bugger yeah nick briggs is in it as well isn't he he's uh peter yeah, hawkins. He's, he's, uh, yeah. Peter hawkins, yeah. Mm. that wig is unbelievable yeah, yeah. <laughs> what they thinking, really? Good. I thought of Palm again when I saw it. You got about 10 seconds of Delia Derbyshire. And for some reason, that 10 seconds of Delia Derbyshire, she was the sexiest fucking creature that ever lived. What was that about? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, that just, oh. I do have one complaint, and you just reminded me. There was not enough Delia. Delia is one of my favorite figures of Doctor Who history. And where was she? There wasn't enough. Uh, there wasn't. But what we got was uh, hmm, very nice. Have you seen the Matthew <laughs> Sweet culture show documentary tea. I have seen a documentary, but I don't remember who made it. Right, well, it's a blonde guy with curly hair doing it. He talks to Gareth Roberts and Rob Shearman and various other people. If you can find it, it's well worth looking at because there's a lot more on the Radiophonic Workshop in that and people talking about how important Delia Derbyshire is to the British music legacy. Yeah, well, what I saw was pretty informative and full on so I don't know if it was the same one I don't remember because I, I saw it like heard, last uh, year Mr. B's new album but there's a little few word tribute to Delia Derbyshire in that which really? oh cool god bless Mr. B he knows what he's doing <laughs> So, I mean, all the characters, they just looked beautiful as well. It was a bit weird when you got on to Reese Shearsmith. <laughs> yeah, oh God, what the hell is Jimmy Cranky doing on there? You, you guys have no basis for comparison, but he wasn't Patrick Trout. That was really jarring because I felt yeah. that mm -hmm. they had put so much work into making David Bradley be William Hartnell. And then they put him next to this cosplayer oh, that came off the street. And I thought, what the fuck? Well, the face wasn't right. Did you watch? the mannerisms though he'd got the mannerisms they were down. phenomenal God. I mean it's what he says though it's the fact that they had gone to all the effort with everyone else I mean okay Ian and Barbara didn't really quite look like Barbara you know oh, Jacqueline Hill I, mean, I, I thought Ian was Ian, good but Ian. Barbara was fantastic Barbara was yeah. great Ian looked oh. like Dexter well Ian is Julian Glover's son the guy from City of Death so there's all these other little layered nods yeah. all the way through it <laughs> mm -hmm. it's just phenomenal like the way that they get all of that well, in. She just wow. had the odd facial expression where she sort of leant forward a little bit and does the nose thing that she does occasionally. <laughs> I thought that was really good. There, there were a few weird people in it though, wasn't it? Gene Marsh was in it and so was Annika yeah. Wills. Yes. Hidden away. There's apparently a load of them in the party yeah. scene. I know Peter Purvis couldn't make it that day because he was doing something else mm. but there's supposed to be a load of other people in and of course Caroline Ford is the mum yelling at yes. the kids to come in yeah. to watch the programme. That was yeah. funny. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Yeah, William Russell just blew me away. Because you can really recognise him a million miles away, can't you? Yeah. Uh, well, we knew he was doing that because he told us at Dimensions. Oh. 
and everybody just got really excited because we were sitting there going, when's he going to turn up? When's he going to turn up? Because we know he's doing this. This is awesome. <laughs> so we asked people over on Facebook their opinions of this. And to be honest, there's not a negative one amongst them. Chris B said they should have called it a love letter to Hoovians. Tears were shed. Mark Gatiss gets an empathic vote for showrunner for me. And David Bradley was spot on perfect. Nancy says it was completely amazing. Everything she'd hoped for it to be. Joe wants to thank Terry for putting a master t-shirt back on Jazzle. No. Yeah. Um, ben Nadal said this is going to wipe the floor when it comes to awards season. And that's a very good point, actually. Yeah. It really is. Done really well. I was actually surprised how much I enjoyed it. Said classic Doctor Who 19. 1963 to 1989, which is a splendid Facebook page. Go take a look. Just generally, everybody's loved it, haven't they? We had a comment from Mark saying lots of nice reference and in-jokes for the fans, but not at the expense of the casual viewer. The TARDIS console is a thing of beauty. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and for the first time, oh yeah, that's an upturned salad spinner. <laughs> Why have I never noticed that's an upturned salad spinner before? When they did that shot where they were in the design studio and they turned that into the real console, that was the first tear I shed and I didn't stop (laughs) blubbering for the remaining 50 minutes after that. I lost it. Find me another TV set from the early to mid-60s that is anything like that in innovation and detail. Beautiful. Oh, God. Can you imagine something of this quality being made in American TV? Well, not, not back then. The Paul McCann console room utilized the best technology of the time to build something just as impressive, in my opinion. And to see it in full high-def color on our 60-inch LED was just... Oh, God. <laughs> so why are they only releasing it on a DVD? What? No Blu-ray? No, not yet. You oh, fucking it's, only on, it's only going to be on a DVD. Oh, I've got a half scale in it all left. Yeah, I'll just um, leave it on my DVR then, high def. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what I did think was nice was the relationship between Waris Hussain and Verity Lambert, the way they played oh, it. But yeah. they played it by, at times, very mild casual racism and her lack of casual racism. Mm-hmm. You know, the equality between them because she was a woman and he's Asian. I thought that was really, really nicely played at a level that really, really worked for everybody yeah. without ramming it down our throats. I knew about those two, but I never actually sat back and thought about how before filming even started, Doctor Who was so incredibly socially innovative. Mm-hmm. Just from the go. I mean, before they even had a script, it was just so ahead of its time in so many ways. Mm. Yeah. Uh, has anyone got anything else major they want to say on this one? Have you seen, speaking of Jimmy Cranky, have you seen the picture of Jimmy Cranky and his compatriot? Basically, it's the picture of Gattis and Shearsmith dressed up as John Pertwee oh, and Patrick yes, Troughton. That is just, it's frightening. Yes. It really is. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. Okay, so basically, I have never cried as much at a TV program. Oh, I'm a grown God. 46-year-old quite stoic Englishman well not that stoic but this was just the most beautiful tribute I couldn't have even conceived of making this in any better way uh, have you got drinks guys? yeah um, I've got a bottle of water that last <laughs> <week. laughs> some coffee uh, I'm halfway through a bottle of red which is why I'm getting nostalgic right getting emotional um, just raise a glass for a second Mr. Gatiss you probably don't listen to this you've probably got more oh sense. god I hope he doesn't listen to this <laughs> yeah. please but don't quite simply, but quite simply cheers best fucking thing you've ever done cheers Cheers. No, I just kept thinking how loving the whole thing was. It just felt like an absolute love letter. But it wasn't done at the cost of 
accuracy. There were a few scenes that really made you cringe with several people that we kind of think of as heroes of the show. There was some unforgiving moments where we realized just how close the show was to death before it really got off the ground. There were moments that really struck me with both Hartnell and Sidney Newman where you just kind of wanted to grab and go, calm the fuck down. For me, that last scene or second to last scene when he's in the console room and he's just staring off into space and he sees Matt Smith but for me the really powerful moment was just when the camera kept going back to Bradley's eyes and Mm -hmm. him just staring off and the emotion and um focus that Bradley had during the whole story and in particular that scene I mean that's some acting oh it, yeah it, he did a super he was job. amazing amazing yeah okay <laughs> all right listen we've got to cut this thing short we got to go say good night okay. Gracie good night Gracie Hi. Bye, folks. you've been listening to the Dirty Hooers Doctor Who podcast follow us on iTunes or at dirtyhooers.com find us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers Oh, yeah, we're also on Facebook. See you next time. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to do a couple of reviews for you. No, I can't. Hang on, just a minute. (laughs) An Adventure in Time and Space and A Night of the Doctor. No, this is bollocks. No, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm old and drunk. Okay. No situation. Come on, lad. Sputnik is now too drunk to do the introductions. So we're going to do the introductions. We're going to review an adventure. We're going to review Night of the Doctor and an Adventure in Space and Time. Yay. Yay. So do you want to do the the next one? Yes. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do a review of... I've got the wrong page open. We're going to do a review of... <laughs> not going to review that one at all. We're going to do a review of The Day of the Doctor, which, um, yes. Uh, what? Uh, what, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been completely, I'm completely put off by this. I'm sorry. Right. I'm, it's just so overwhelmed with emotion and beer. Uh-huh. Uh, really good wine. Wine. Oh, wine, yes, yeah, sorry. Two thousand and eight silver very nice. Shall I start again? God, <laughs> just do something. I'll be here all night.